Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. You ever get those days, Aidan, where you think, you know what, today I'm going to record a podcast. I've recorded it once. It's not how it sounded. I'm going to record it again. Ah, Damn, I forgot to click record. And no, for the long-term TSM listener fans who run the daily emails and found out about that horrific time, myself and Aidan recorded the Q3 business plan, uh, which we recorded a while ago, and spent an hour recording and filming it. And I didn't hit record. We went, you know what? It's a lesson to learn. We'll build a system. Anyway, Aidan didn't follow the system a few minutes ago, and now this is the third time at recording today's podcast. Aidan, everybody. Ah, yep. Yeah. Hey everyone. I'm sorry, I messed that up. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And welcome. This is the Successful Mentalist Podcast. My name is Ashley Green. As always, I'm joined by the guy that can't hit record. It is Aidan O'Sullivan. Say hello. Hello. Why? Welcome. I am the unsuccessful mentalist for today because that was uh, that was absolutely awful. And just to drop a cheeky plug on that one, if you want to jump on and grab my daily emails every single day, I'm going to send an email with a, a story, a, a piece of information, an action-oriented tip that will help you transform an element of your entertainment business through mindset, business performance, and health. Head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash email. Simple as that. Easy as that. There you go. Forward slash email. Love it. Honestly, the, the work you're doing over there is pretty cracking. Like to be able to send out tips and advice, thoughts and philosophies to keep people on track every single day so they know the right direction they're going into. It's powerful stuff. And the fact you're doing it for free. I would charge. I would charge. But Aiden owns 50% of this company and he won't let me charge for that. So I'm Scrooge and Aiden's a nice guy that can't press record an ad. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I made a promise to all of you listeners back in <laughs> episode 69. <laughs> I made a promise <laughs> about something that we would touch base on and cover over here. And it is on storytelling. And today we're going to be talking about what makes good, engaging, close up material. And we're going to start about speaking about something very in particular, uh, very particular in, instead, which is uh, storytelling. Uh, as you can tell um, by me slowing my words, uh, might not be the best storytelling in the world, <laughs> at least on a podcast for the past five minutes. But no, we're going to be talking about why that is so important and why most people tell stories stories wrong and then we're going to share our own philosophies thoughts ideas on how to really engage people and how to really make your close-up performances stand out and be the best that they can be but can i ask you a question adam yes good good <laughs> is your close-up material engaging nah not really Right, well, uh, in my graph, I'll do this episode by myself then. Uh, <laughs> jokes aside, uh, I can assure you listeners right now that Aiden does have fantastic shows. I'm not saying it because he's here and he's going to chop my legs off if uh, if I don't say that it is good. Uh, but I've been to Aiden's shows and, and what I really appreciate, we, we both think very alike. We perform on very opposite ends of the spectrum, me being a psychic character, Aiden being a psychological character. But our philosophies are the same and we really take 
the time to really think about the best ways of engaging people. And especially in close up where you're actually there in the trenches, it's very easy for people's attention to dip and zone out and actually not care and, and get a little bit bored. Because when they come to a stage show, they're sat there and they're expecting something. You've got a trapped audience, whereas in close-up, they, they can wander off. They can go to the bar and they can nip to the loo. Oh, I've, I've got to go to the loo. I don't want to see this card trick. Goodbye. Goodbye, Darren. I don't want to see that card trick. Aiden, what is it that you do in your close-up performances to actually get people engaged and enjoying it so that it's more than just tricks? Well, there's a few things at the end of the day. And uh, I think, again, telling stories is a really, really powerful thing. And ultimately, what... If you're going to boil, boil down everything that makes close-up material and close-up magic, close-up mentalism, whatever you want to call it, engaging is having some level of external variety, actually using external techniques outside of the magic itself to create deeper uh, relationships, create deeper elements of like the depth to the actual overall feeling and the vibe of the situation and one of the most potent strategies out there is storytelling and that's kind of why we're talking about it today and i think what's really important is that good stories like knowing full for well that we are by evolution a storytelling tribal species which means that we know people and look after and, and nurture people a la proper networking and we also tell stories to each other because that is all we had way back in the day we could only sit and tell stories we didn't have the wonderful uh, world of zuckerberg lang to open your phone and have a little look when you're bored we told stories around a campfire so storytelling is perhaps one of the most fundamental techniques and skill sets that is ingrained in our dna but not in the way that most people do it you see, we're, we're talking storytelling here and storytelling isn't just about, you know, the telling your audience the time that your granddad sat you on his lap and pulled a coin from behind your ear or, or that your how you got into magic, for example, through your, through your Paul Daniels magic, magic kit. Nothing against Paul Daniels or your granddad for that matter, but it's just not the kind of story that we're actually after here because storytelling ultimately is not about telling a story and using it to force meaning into a trick because that gets awkward, cliched and embarrassing for everybody. Instead, it's about creating an experience that is worthwhile in and of itself. So that if you took out those tricks like we explored in episode 69, we, we can take <laughs> out the child. We can take out those tricks and it still feels amazing. It still feels like an experience in and of itself that we like, again, look, Ashley, tell us about Paul Vudini. Paul Vudini is a wonderful performer who we uh, we saw performing an open mic night over at the Minds Convention. Uh, for those who know Michael Murray at MindFX, fabulous guy, fabulous company, wonderful heart of gold. And every year he runs the Minds Convention for all the mentalists out there. And just before the convention officially starts, he has an open mic night. And Paul rocked up in amongst all these magicians and mentalists doing their tricks and uh, he pulled out a key a single key a metal key an old-fashioned key and he placed it on the table just down just in front of you and he told a story about that key and that was it for a solid 10-15 minutes a story about a single key and every single person was on the edge of their seats listening in awe excitement and full of emotion even Aiden even Aiden was there shedding a little tear because it was that emotional, a story about a single key. That is the impact that good storytelling has. Good storytelling 
captures a fantastic emotion. And we know that when you tie an emotion in with a memory, then then it goes into the long term. It goes into that long term memory. You know, emotions are powerful things. And when you can tie that into a story, something that your audience is going to give a damn about, then they're going to be interested. Is there any emotion in your granddad pulling a coin out of your your own ear? Can they connect with that? Probably not. But a story that goes in depth and displays pure emotion. And he went on this journey of sadness about a friend getting caught in a room and it burnt down and she died. And it was very dark and gloomy, but that is Paul Voudini <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the, at the end of the day. But, but the point is, like, you could still remember a lot of the significant details about that story. And this was years ago. Yeah. And this just proves the point. Like, yes, I remember sitting there wetting my face with tears because it was genuinely an incredibly emotional experience. But the point there is that you remember that. Everybody in that audience, the hundred people in that audience, remembers that story or that moment for the most part because it was so emotionally supercharged and because it was just so important. Well, there's another example. Um, Again, just to mention the, the daily emails that you're sending out, you sent this a while back and you mentioned about a performance where I was performing for about 20 minutes. And all I was doing, Aiden, there was no tricks no intuition work, no tower readings. I was telling ghost stories at a gig. And, and just to confirm, like, this isn't something that'll be suited to, like, corporate or weddings, because when you get booked to those, the bookers kind of expect you to do some magic tricks rather than just going around. Imagine that. There probably is a market in, like, close-up ghost stories. I'm not going to lie. I might explore that. Uh, hey, please. No. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Wow, I've tipped some gold. No one's... Mark. Mark Gibson. If you Spongebob mentalisms, you stole that idea. Don't steal my ghost stories. God. These people on this podcast stealing my material. Blame it now. Anyway, I digress. Like, the idea is... And, uh, yeah. Like, you're not booked to do ghost stories at your corporates and weddings unless you are uh, mark gibson damn you damn you i was at a residency i was performing it was a very casual setting i was in it was late at night and there wasn't many people in so when i went up to these people i got talking and i told a story about how i went into daring woods one day the most haunted woods next to the most haunted town in the uk i could tell they was already captivated they was already interested they told me they was interested in psychic phenomena and ghosts because as we've all explored in past episode i gave a damn about them i asked them about them i listened to them i actually cared about them and that's why i realized oh they're probably gonna like this so i got away with telling the story and throughout the story rather than just telling something like this happened this happened this happened this happened i could have told the story like the generic way like oh yes when i was, when I was younger, I sat on my granddad's lap and then pulled a coin out of my ear. I could have told the ghost story like that. Yeah, I went into the woods and then uh, I felt a poke on the back of my neck and then I went in and I heard a scream and then I left and it was scary. That's a ghost story in and of itself. Is it scary? No. So what made it interesting? What captivated people? What engaged people? Because these are the elements that we can take and directly apply as we'll explore a little bit later on and put into our magic. I slowed right down like we'd explored. I tied in that emotion. I built suspense. The emotion that I was going for was that fear factor. Paul Voudini went for the, the, the sadness. I went for fear and shock. So there was moments that I, I quieted and I quieted my voice. They really kind of got sucked in. And then bang! I shocked them at a specific moment to get them really scared. Like, oh my God, what happened? And then I, 
Like already their their heart is beating. I've already got the adrenaline going on them. I'm racing up and then as I'm telling like exciting moments of the story is I, I could hear the roars behind me. I was running through the woods. I'm filling myself with that energy or the scaredness and I'm feeling the emotion that's coming out in my tone of voice. You know, I, I'm feeling it is being displayed in my body language. I, I'm pacing, I'm pausing, I'm using the tone of voice, I'm using gaps, I'm building suspense, I'm building drama. All of this gets encompassed into telling a good story. What you say doesn't really matter, but it's how you say it. That's what a good story comes down to. A good story is told by a good storyteller because of how you say it and because of the emotions that you provoke. I think there's something really important there, again, in terms of what makes close-up close up material engaging. It is all in the voice at the end of the day. I say it's all in the voice. Vocal exercises and vocal training is something that I would highly encourage everybody to participate in. If you're not already doing any form of, of breath work paired with vocal training, please do that straight away because it's going to be a game changer for the way that you actually talk and communicate with people. Now, voice is something that we can talk about for hours and hours, and I, I'm almost certain that we're going to get some professionals in to come and actually share some of these thoughts that would be really useful for, for it's just a note to Ashley there as it came to mind, actually, uh, more, more than you guys listening. But voice is so important. Because again, as you said there, Ashley, it's going to dictate the exact correlation between the audience experience and the intended experience. Like, what are they actually feeling in that moment? What are they actually thinking in that moment against what do you want them to feel? Because at the end of the day, if you want them to feel complete fear and they, you want them to have like the, the hairs on the back of their neck standing up with and leaning in like, oh my gosh, so wrapped into this story and you're telling it like upbeat and, and happy and excited there's a disconnect there between what you want and what they're experiencing and that is the quickest way to become disengaging and to put this in a magic perspective if you claim that you can read minds or you claim that you can do impossible magic and you're proceeding to d deliver it in a way that just does not make sense in a way that jars with that fact in a way that is completely indifferent from that intended communication path that is going to be a big problem and and in fact like to put a, an example on that like if you want to if you want somebody to think that something that you're doing is absolutely just truly impossible and you're, you are a real mind reader if you're talking first of all and telling the stories about tricks you're shooting yourself in the foot there but if you're also telling it in maybe a, a manner that will imply that, you, that you're doing tricks so like you're having way too much fun with something when you actually need to focus that's your character your character is i read minds but i need to focus to do it and you're telling up be quirk, quick witted quirky story it's going to be a disconnect and and I, again i'm trying to really flesh examples out here of just showing how important that just voice alone is but there, there, there's so much to the art of storytelling and actually having good stories is important. Like using your own stories is great. Using other people's stories is equally fantastic. Uh, and if not, make the stories up. That's how you get these stories. And one of the great things that a lot of people actually talk about when they talk on storytelling is to keep a story journal, which is either like a, if, you, if you want a like a Google Docs or something that's just all of the stories that 
happen to you and the events and things that happen to you, we get an actual journal and write down a list of all the stories that are happening to you, the, the fun experiences, the strange experiences, anything that created an emotion or a memory for you, get that written down. Because that's giving you literally premises. That's giving you presentational angles. That's probably even giving you full tricks and routines and maybe even shows later down the line. Just because you've got into the habit of learning and picking up on these stories and then retelling them, using them actually to your advantage. I just want to outline that to to you listening right now. Yes, you with your headphones in or on your hi-fi system. That is a piece of gold. Don't underestimate that. Genuinely, write a note or keep a mental note of that. Storytelling journal. Writing down those experiences and keeping that. Because now you can build up presentations and performances and your plots and premises that are unique to you that no one else is going to be doing. What does that do? Now you found a little, uh, a little interesting thing that makes you stand out by standing out in the right way by just being you. That's what we talk about all the time. Just be. Be yourself. Now you're being yourself in your material. You're creating unique performances based on you so that you don't have to rely on stuff. That is a piece of gold in there. Please do not over or, or underestimate that. That That's powerful. And the other thing that, that I see on the opposite end of the, the spectrum um, is people that really struggle. You, you mentioned, obviously, the, the vocal uh, stuff there at the moment, Aidan. People who are very monotone. This used to be me when I was younger. I really struggled with the tone of voice, how I was actually displaying material. I see magicians nowadays and when they're performing, and, and this is the hard thing for all of you listening right now. You could be a monotone performer, but you don't realize it because you sound very different when you speak and in your head than how you do to someone else. And if you want to double check that and just make sure and just go the extra mile, record a performance or do a performance to a friend, someone who is going to give you honest feedback not a family member who's just going to inflate your ego and say oh that was well done i really love that like my nan i'll do anything to my nan i could rip up a newspaper and she'll be like oh that was lovely you're gonna put it back together no oh well it was still lovely you know someone who's actually going to be like look you need to improve this i felt that was a bit boring and the tone of voice is such a powerful thing that is your first step when looking at engaging close-up material how you're saying it what you're doing you get out of the monotone route and also you get on top of the how should i be saying it at such a moment because you don't want to be telling a really sad emotional thing like like this oh well the other day my aunt susie died and this is a little memorial from her so she gave me her ring and look at this ring this was from her funeral you see this what are we going for? What emotion are we going for? You're always just confused, but you aren't Susie's dead. Why, why are you excited about that? Whereas if you said it differently, you know, it, the emotion that you say comes through the tone, through the tone of your voice. You need to master that. You need to get good feedback and you need to make sure you're doing it right. You might be like me or many other performers out there. You might not realize it. So double check, film it or do it to a friend. After that, the emotion that you feel within that you want to share with someone. If you're looking to share a piece of emotion, then you have to physically feel it. It's what good actors always say. You have to feel it internally for it to be displayed externally. I give the example all the time and I'm going to give it again now. When I'm reading minds for real, I'm genuinely believing on the inside, not, okay, I need to do the billet clink, okay, I need to check this, oh, oh, let's get the load ready. I'm not thinking that because that should be flowing. 
I've got enough practicing to just do it and I don't have to put much effort into thinking about it. If I have to think about it, I've clearly not done enough practice. What I'm thinking in that moment is, oh, the woo-woo sensations are coming through, the intuition's coming through, I feel, I feel, that's what I'm feeling on the inside and I genuinely believe I'm reading minds. So much so, Aiden, that I have been caught out in the past, just to tell a funny story, I've been caught out in the past, I went up to a table once and I asked a lady to think of something, Aiden, and... uh, I got to the end of it and I realised, oh my gosh, I'm so wrapped up in my head thinking I've done this for real. I have actually not done the method. (laughs) I just went out believing I was doing it for real. So don't do that. But do believe internally what you're supposed to be exploring on the outside. Again, if you're doing sleight of hand as a card trick, believe from within that you are the greatest sleight of hand expert in the world and that will be shown externally Fedon Bilek does it well I was talking to Fedon about this and it's one of the most powerful things you can do on top of the tone of voice to help get that emotion in and get your material more engaging what you believe inside is what you'll show outside to everyone watching well, let's just uh, jump on a slightly different train of thought now in terms of what makes engaging closer material who knows at the end of the day we're we're sitting here talking just a few of the the baseline things that we found particularly useful that were gray areas for us like we weren't able to string two tricks together properly we enter storytelling we don't need two tricks anymore we've got one and a really bloody good story like these are the little things like we change up our 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 voices and we play with our, our vocal elements within performances and actually the words that we say as well not just the what the the words that we think the words that we actually say as well playing with scripting on that thing can really impact the thing if you're just you've got a really boring script or your script is like more suited to a younger audience because your script is really basic and what you're saying is really obvious. Like, well, first of all, stop telling people that you've got a deck of cards and they're all different and that uh, they need to shuffle them and that you're going to take them back. Just take the cards back. Just give them the cards. Let them... Conversation for another time. But if you're really telling them everything that you're doing step by step, unless that is required for the specific presentation that you're going for... Like you're appealing to a much younger mindset and, and that can all, almost feel like a little bit patronizing for some people. Like, yes, I know you're doing this. Yes, I know you're shuffling the cards. Yes, I know you're doing X, Y, Z. You don't need to tell me. Just tell me good stuff. But equally, on the flip side, if your pattern, your, your actual words is way too academically advanced, you're using really big, complicated words that most people don't know about, then again, you're se- like segregating and... and rather than like in marketing it's a good thing to be magnetizing like in putting that you're pushing people away and pulling the right people in you can't really do that in close-up because you're there with everybody you can't really just oh yeah okay so you three don't really like the way i talk so do one whilst i perform here for silly susan it does it doesn't work like that you can't you can't play that way so you have to really be uh, mindful of the, actually the words that you're speaking as well and what is it that you're saying how are you saying it why are you saying it? Because when you get clear on those things, you can make sure that you're changing that. And this is why one of the reasons that we don't script like conventional scripters. And I'm presuming scripters is a word. It's definitely not the right word, but we'll roll with it. It's one of the reasons that we don't script so rigidly that we're saying the same thing every single time, because that then becomes polarizing. Because that then will turn people off or, or, or switch other people on or, or just create a dynamic that isn't relevant or worthwhile creating 
in that moment. If you tell a story in the same way to a hundred people, you're going to get a hundred different interpretations of that story. Whereas if you tell it in like different ways each time, you could probably get a thousand different interpretations out of the same hundred people because you're taking them on different journeys, taking them on different narratives simply by switching up what you say and how you say it. Yeah. People are going to be so much more captivated when you start doing this in in your close-up. Honestly, like it would have been very easy for us today to do a podcast episode, say this is the best way to engage people. So when you go over, you're going to want to make sure to make sure to say hi to everyone at the table, look them all in the eye, get them involved, maybe get them picking a card as well. That's basic. This is the real stuff that genuinely works. This is the real stuff that you genuinely need to know. This is the baseline foundational stuff that nobody really talks about. I don't hear it in that many places. And it's taken me so long to learn how to do it, Aiden. But now that I do, it's a game changer. And it makes my job as a performer, as a close-up performer, so much easier. Because people like me. People are interested in me. People are engaged. People are having fun. They want to have me back. You know, and this links into everything, everything we've shared over the past month of doing podcasts, you know, in 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 the past three episodes, really, is a link to all this. It just makes your job so much easier as a close up performer. And there is one more thing. What you've what you've touched on there of, of why we don't script. I've seen it before and I, I really I can't rack my brain around this. So maybe you, the listeners, can can let me know why this is a problem by reaching out on social media let me know in the tsm network on the app or whatever uh successfulmentalist.com forward slash community if you're not already a member and want to join in on those conversations and message me over there <laughs> and download the mobile app you could do that too there's a sneaky little plug for you aiden hey hey <laughs> but i'm really curious to know why i've seen so many entertainers do this People want to get involved with something and they maybe say something during a a routine. I've seen a performer before talk about uh, a country they went to and someone in the audience went, uh, it was only about seven people. No, four. It was only four people. And one of those four people went, oh, I went to Spain. And the performer went, yeah, if you could just be quiet a second just while I finish the trick. What? It's like they wanted to follow their predetermined script and just do the trick the same way possible. And... This seems obviously rude, obviously stupid, but it's surprising how many performers do this subconsciously and don't even realize that they're doing it and fail to actually acknowledge what's happening with the spectators. They're too hyper-focused on the trick instead of being hyper-focused on the audience and what they're saying, what they're doing. One of the greatest tips I can give you right now is to pay attention. Pay attention. It's a sales tip at the end of the day, but it directly applies to your performances. Pay attention to the people you're performing to. If they say something, speak to them about it. Involve it in the show. Involve it in the close-up. If they heckle you, speak to them about it. Involve them in the show. Involve it in the close-up. If someone does something funny, I'd say it again. Speak to them. Involve it in the show. Involve it in the close-up. And now you're creating something unique and bespoke for them. Now you're using the funny moments to actually get everyone hyper engaged on side. To get someone engaged doesn't mean that everyone has to pick a card. To get someone engaged doesn't mean that everyone has to think of a drawing and you're going to read everyone's mind. No. You just need to make them feel like they're there and you acknowledge that they're there. Speak to them as a human. What does that go back to, Aiden? The advice we've been sharing for the past 71 episodes or 73 episodes, whatever episode we're on today, we said it at the start. 
when you acknowledge people are there, then they're engaged. Like, that's one of my greatest tips I can share with you, just acknowledging and paying attention. I think this connects into into something that I've been preaching about for a significant amount of time and I'm really passionate about. And at the end of the day, if you if you want to have more engaged and close-up material, by all means, play with everything that we've shared today. Or don't. It's totally up to you what you play with. But the easiest, the quickest, the ultimate fast-pass route to getting big results through your close-up material and actually improving that close-up material is to start getting feedback. Start getting accurate feedback. Get it from the people that you're performing for. Get it from the people that you're not performing for, like on a different table. Like There are so many different ways. And again, we don't have the time or the capacity right now to dive into uh, any angles on feedback. But if you are not collecting feedback right now, and heck, I'll give you two little two little nuggets here, two little tips. One type of feedback, you can go and get external feedback. That's feedback from other people. Ask them, send them a survey, do whatever you can. Sometimes it's not suitable to whack open a Google Forms in the middle of a corporate show, but other times, if it's in a casual situation, you could probably get away with some form of, of feedback. When And again, you've got that external feedback there. You want to look at the other side of things, internal feedback that is you your thought processes your feelings your intentions your beliefs your experience from your perspective how did you think that that performance went and usually we're incredibly self-critical when it comes to this so you you really need to be careful on that front but be critical in a way that is actually constructive criticism not just oh my god i hate myself i hate my performances i'm never going to do it again anyway next trick don't 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 think like that. But there's two little quick nuggets there. Start getting feedback from yourself and from other people as well. That's going to be the fast pass to actually having a transformative experience by performing close up uh, and, and stay and pretty much anywhere. Like actually, I'm stop me now before I keep going on about feedback. I'm I'm obsessed because it's just so useful. Got to pull him back. Got to pull him back. He's going to flog you something in a minute. He'll be like, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you just give me a million pounds in my bank account, I can. Uh teach you about feedback Aiden you can stop right there <laughs> instead of talking about feedback and what you're passionate about why don't you tell people what we need what we need for this podcast because we're on a mission a big old mission and what are we trying to achieve and what can everyone listening do well we are on a mission to improve the quality of life for all magicians across the globe by 2040 so it's a big mission and again you're probably fed up of us saying it on the podcast but we want to keep saying it because you guys need to hear it because we can't do this ourselves literally we are just two fools literally right now this is the situation we are just sat talking to microphones looking at each other that's it you're the ones out there that are paving the way the new age of magic and mentalism you guys are the ones out there that are making an impact and actually performing for thousands millions of people across the globe you guys are the reason that we're doing this and this is why we're going to keep bringing it up time and time again We are on a mission. We're on a transformational journey with you. And in order for you to support us in that, one of the quickest and easiest ways to do that is to simply open up your podcast app. You probably already have it open because you know the episode is coming to an end and you want to skip to Tim Ferriss. Instead, before you skip to Tim Ferriss or your your other favorite preferred shows, I don't know what you listen to. Let us know what you listen to, actually. That's a good thing. But anyway, 
<laughs> go to the review section, the little testimonial section, and come and give us a review on your favorite provider, podcast player, whatever you want to call it. Just whack open your podcast app. You've probably already got it open because you know the episode is coming. Scroll down, take a little peek, or it might be scrolling up or scrolling to the side, or maybe even just pressing a button. Give hey, us a little rating. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it every time. Give, <laughs> click the button. Give us a little rating, a little review. Let us know because we get to read all of these as well. We get sent all of these because of the wonderful interwebs. We'd love to hear your honest thoughts on the show. What do you enjoy? What could we do better? Just let us know and we will action it. We're on a mission and you are now too. Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz, and we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum and we'll send you all of the details.